Check one, two, is this thing on? Hey, how you doing? Sorry you can't get through. Sonny from the POD, leave your number. And the itch. Gets back to you. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're scratching The Itch to wrap up the Shiprock series. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe it not. feels like it's gone on a long time, but things keep happening. This was actually a late addition to the schedule, <laughs> but a really exciting one. And I'm glad that it happened. Yes. So when uh, Shiprock first was launching when I think somewhere during that time period when you guys were actually leaving to start the cruise on our socials, we posted something to the effect of the most on brand name of the bands that are on ship rocked is the band Islander considering you were literally cruising to some islands. Yes. And so we figured that would be a great way to continue slash presumably close the series, especially after seeing a story that they're, Frontman Mikey Carvajal shared on his socials, which as much as I want to, I'm not going to share right now because we talk about it in depth in the in yeah. the interview. So we'll, we'll let you hear it there. But it caught our attention, let's say. And so we we're like that. We got to talk to this guy. That's a great story. Yeah. And he also said it live on in, uh, one of his sets before they were actually able to go. Um, and so, I, you know, hearing about what he was going to do kind of intrigued me. And, and uh, I wanted to hear about what actually happened. So mm-hmm. he went into great detail about it and we're excited about that. Yeah. And he was super gracious with interactions on social media and was, was really down to chat with us, which is awesome. Not only that, but um, Islanders album, it's not easy being human was on our top 20 list, top 10, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Of last year. Number seven. Anytime we can knock off uh, an interview with somebody that made the top 20, it's it's a happy day for us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because that list means a lot. We, you know, we all put our, our heart and souls into it. And um, at least to us, anyway, it means a lot to us is what I meant to say. Sure. Uh, our hearts, heart and soul <laughs> goes into it. And and it's just very rare for us to, you know, agree so much to where, you know, somebody makes a top 10, especially last year when we had like over 80 albums that we considered. Yes. And it's not easy being human is a fantastic album with tons and tons of guest features. And I loved hearing uh, just the stories about everything. You know, he was very honest and open about just the struggles of putting that album out. And then the, the post struggles of, of dealing with the, uh, the fallout of it. Basically. I think whether you've heard this album before or not, if you listen to it after hearing this interview, you will appreciate it more than you would have otherwise. Definitely. And I have to say that you'll you'll appreciate Mikey more as well after this yep. interview. Yeah, totally. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Mikey Carvajal of Islander. It's not easy being Grace and mercy 
Well, dude, thank you guys for being kind enough to give me your time. This, this is awesome. If there's anything that you just feel talked out about, or you've explained a thousand times, or you just don't want to talk about, let us know and we'll avoid it. <laughs> okay. If you guys want to know what a coconut Dracula is, just Google it. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. start there. <laughs> we'll go. I did. Got yeah, it. I did research that beforehand just to understand it. To be honest. Yeah, we had to talk about that earlier just to clarify. We're like, <laughs> okay, okay, now, good, now good. we know. <laughs> no, you're good. I, yeah, that's the one question I would say. Like, anytime an interviewer asks me, I'm like, man, it came out in 2014. It's on Google. <laughs> just Google it. It's a long story. <laughs> we had a conversation a while back with Rob Rivera, the drummer of Nonpoint, who plays his drum sideways. And Dan started to ask him the question and like half, he hadn't even gotten to really the, the point, the meat of the question. And like halfway through, Rob was like, oh man, here it comes. <laughs> so why do you play your drum? He's like sideways. Yeah, why, you, yeah, yeah. why you play your drum sideways? He's like, <laughs> and then he pretty much almost ended the interview. He's like, I'm done. I'm not answering this question. <laughs> it was great. So yeah. we, we've learned to ask people because sometimes folks do get, I mean, he was mostly joking, but still yes. people do get yes. tired of talking the same stuff. So, yeah, I think when we toured with him, I asked him that question. So I'm sure <laughs> every, every band that jumps on tour with him. So why do you play your drums sideways? <laughs> Poor guy. When you, when you have a thing, when you have a thing, people want to know about it, but they don't want yeah. to research themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Hey, that's not true. I did some research. So just to get started, I did some research on why you wear face paint and, and I, I couldn't find anything. Uh, and I because I noticed that you do wear like face paint. It's almost like a, a war paint, like you're going into battle. So is there a particular reason why you do that? Face paint? Those are, that's a tattoo, bro. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, was say, I, don't think so. I was like what i was like those are the most like fluorescent tattoos i've ever seen like do they make them in that color? colors yeah. Yeah. Mood, mood change yeah I, I definitely would not get that tattooed um but as far as the face paint goes i'm super influenced by pro wrestling um yes. all of my favorite pro wrestlers it seemed like they wore face paint i was always into the kind of I don't know. It's like the painted up dudes like Sting and Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that. <laughs> and Darby Allen and everything. And I just always thought it was kind of a an interesting thing. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with liking bands that wear face paint. Like it's not like Kiss or something like that. Um, we're definitely like I'm the only one in the band that wears the face paint. It's just genuinely me trying to pretend I'm a wrestler. Like <laughs> I think, I think I wish often that I was a wrestler instead of a lead singer. So I use the lead singer aspect to like pretend I'm wrestling, like I'll nice. climb speakers and like do flips off of them into the crowd and stuff. And really <laughs> I'm up there like I'm Jeff Hardy. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah, everybody sees it. It's like, Oh, wow. He's performing. I'm like, dude, I'm pretending I'm a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> You're performing in a different way. Yeah. So, <laughs> So I started wearing face paint a few years ago. Um, I'm good. I'm good friends with the wrestler Sting. Yep. And he actually talked to me about the face paint, told me what to use, and and um, kind of why he's done it. They've actually created more action figures of him than any other mm. like action figure ever because they've had to create all his different war mm -hmm. paint. Yeah. And um, I always thought, wow, if I if I become like a pop vinyl figure ever, if they ever like. <laughs> if we ever get popular enough for that to happen, like they'll have to print a bunch of different figures and that'll just be cool. Yeah. So. That would be awesome. I, I think we need to formally get started now. We'll kind of slide in because we're already getting into something that we wanted to bring up a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to speaking to the listeners right now. 
you will have already heard a pre-recorded intro describing our guest a little bit. We're here with Mikey Carvajal, the frontman of Islander. And um, I had actually made a point to myself before we started recording that I was going to note early on a podcast appearance you did on a show that is currently inactive. It was a friend of ours named Nick who did a, a show called Rock and Wrestling Podcast. And he had you on a, probably a couple of years ago now. And literally 95% of the conversation was the two of you gushing about how great Sting is. And <laughs> I thought that was the greatest thing. And so I, I want to direct listeners to check that out sometime if you're interested, so that I don't indulge myself to just ask you about <laughs> Sting for the next 40 minutes or whatever here. <laughs> Wrestling and Sting and all that for forever and even even if you want to tie it back into our band you know we did a song called crazy crazy world where mm -hmm. he yep. video and something that we haven't really told many people yet is we did um aw's bringing out a video game this year and we did sting's alternate theme song for that game so nice yeah we're listening to that yeah it's uh, we were because you had made that a while back and then it just kind of for the time being went unused right and so now they found yeah. a place to to utilize it yeah, we found a home for it. We we had originally created it to be his theme song yeah. for AW, but um, that didn't work out because they were wanting it to be more like this, like Game of Thrones type yeah, the, yeah. kind of thing. Which it sounds great. Um, the dude that wrote that, Mikey Ruckus, he's great too. He's got a good name, mm -hmm. Mike. Um, <laughs> we're honored to, to have a part in the video game and part of Sting's legacy. Awesome. I made a short list. We don't have to get into it now, but I made a short list of all the wrestling references that I could catch in your lyrics. Uh, was it? I was listening back through some stuff. It's it's pretty substantial. And I'm like, I know that most of this is on purpose, <laughs> if oh, not all yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a song on the new album called Black Scorpion. And the whole thing is about a wrestling angle that happened between Sting and the Black Scorpion, who was Ric mm -hmm. Flair in disguise, like back in the early 90s. So there, nice. there's tons of wrestling stuff in our songs. Nice. Sometime we might have to have a whole conversation that's just just about that. If, yeah. <laughs> two out of the three of us are, are big wrestling fans. And so if we ever do a spinoff, <laughs> then <laughs> there you I go. I promise it's going to keep coming up in this interview. I'm sorry. All right. It's, all right. it's all good. In yeah, that case, we'll, we'll let that be the seasoning and we'll uh, and we'll <laughs> we can move on to the other topics and just kind of see where it goes from there. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be the one that doesn't get any of them. <laughs> Yes, Dan's like, I don't know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> hey, I know who Sting is. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was Casey's theory. He was like, Dan was like, why does he wear the face paint? Casey was like, I'm pretty sure he's trying to look like Sting. And so basically, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I came up with my design and was like, cool, I'm a wrestler now in a band. There you go. <laughs> I like it. All right. So as as anybody listening knows, by this point, we spent the last couple of months doing what we're calling the Shiprock series and finally got to attend after a couple of years of waiting. And it was a fantastic experience. So we've been talking with other artists that were on the boat and we thought we were done with this series. <laughs> and then we came across Mikey's story about uh, what we'll call a homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. And that was we thought that was beautiful and fascinating as so we're like, we need to we need to see if he wants to hop on for an episode and uh, lead us through that a little bit. And his general shiprock experience. I think Dan has a number of questions for an artist who performed. He wants to hear about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we saw you in the aft lounge on your second set. And I believe you had said that, you know, the day before was the day that you and I 
believe you said your brother went with you. I do apologize if I missed that part or misunderstood that, but uh, you were able to visit the Dominican Republic and where you are, your family's from, I believe specifically your dad. And that was kind of like a homecoming, like you said. So I just wanted to hear more about that and what kind of experience it was for you. Yeah. Um, it was actually the next day that we were going to go to the DR. Oh, okay. So after that show that night, that's what I was talking about on stage, how excited I was that we were going to the Dominican Republic because I guess I'm the only person in my family that had never been. Huh. And just like last time my family had gone together, like my immediate family, it was in like the eighties or the early nineties. I think I can't remember. I think it was eighties. I didn't get to go cause I was so young, but yeah, it was just literally stepping onto that land. I don't know how to explain it other than I, I told my wife cause she was with us too and everything. And it felt like being in a house that I was familiar with, but I had never been in that specific room before. And that's the best way I know how to explain it because it just felt very, very familiar. But again, like it was just a, a room that was off limits all my life until that moment or something. That's the best way I know how to explain it. It was amazing. It was something I feel like I mentally, physically, all that needed in my life just to be able to, to go and see the land where my blood is from uh, was there any particular place that you wanted to visit did, did, and did you get a chance to visit that place or were you just kind of taking the whole site in all together yeah i wanted about two hours away from where we were at in puerto plata was uh san francisco de macari and that's where my family lived in uh paradiso and i didn't get to go to any of that because it was far away and there wouldn't have been enough time to make it back to the ship but Again, just being in the DR in general, and I know that my family spent a lot of time in Puerto Plata, so that was amazing. And just being in the country, I mean, I, I can't explain how amazing it was. We started the day with a Dominican breakfast, eating something called mangu, and then we went out on the countryside, and we got to go into the city, and just, we, we filled up that whole day with things that I don't think people would ever think that we had as little of time we had because we we filled it up to the absolute max when we went to the market we ate chicharron we <laughs> we had a black the one thing that i took away from the dominican republic was just how beautiful the landscape was i don't think i could get get enough pictures because I, i'm from the states i've never been out of the states before this trip and so there's nothing like what you saw in the dominican republic where you see like palm trees and mountains like right at the coastline like from what I understand, like I've never seen California in, in the, the West Coast, so I could be completely, you know, missing out on, on that site. But that was to me what was just breathtaking was just the, the kind of mountainous areas like right on the beach and then just seeing all the palm trees like going up the mountains. It was it was just a very beautiful landscape. Was there anything that like kind of took your breath away as well? Yeah, there was. Um, I actually made it the background on my phone because I just it's something that makes me happy was the mountains were right there at the clouds. I don't know if you noticed that, but oh, you could oh. Shadows of the clouds on the mountains, and something about that looked like surreal. Like it looked like being in like Hyrule from Legend of Zelda or something. Like <laughs> amazing, and just being on Shiprock itself is just an amazing experience. This was not your first one, correct? Correct. This was our third one. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. And so, um, how did this one compare to the past? I, I've heard from other artists that this was one of the best ones they've been a part of, and I don't know if it's because it's, uh, you know, it was just a lot of people or maybe it was the stops, but how does this compare to you and why was it different for you? Um, I might be a little biased simply because of the Dominican Republic, 
but this was our favorite one. I think I speak for like my brother who's in the band and my wife has been on all of them with us and stuff. Like it was our favorite one by far. Just, I don't know the people were awesome. They're always awesome, but I just got to connect with a lot more and have dinner with them. And I don't know, there's just something about being able to connect with fans for a little longer than after a show and having to get in the van and drive away from them. And we get to hear their stories and hear what they're going through and, and really learn about them. And that's, that's why Islanders always done this. We've never tried to, you know, be the, the famous or the rich band, which, I mean, all that would be cool or whatever, but that's never been our heart. And that's never been the thing that we're striving for. We've always just wanted to make an impact on people the same way that music made an impact on us growing up and changed our lives. So we're just always thought, you know, if we can use the band as a vehicle to love people, then that's what we want to do. But going back to Shiprock in general, yeah, I mean, again, every single one of them has been awesome. This year in particular, though, obviously because of the Dominican Republic, that was a lifelong dream of mine. And when I found out that that's where they were going this year, I, I hit up all the guys at Shiprock and literally begged. Like, <laughs> nice. I begged. like I told him, I was like, this has far more to do than, you know, just asking for a show for me or something like it wasn't about just getting to play some shows and be around some bands or whatever. This was like, hey, this is something I need to do. This is something I and I know that I can do that without ship rock. Like I could save up my money and go to the DR, but how much cooler to to go there with your band? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you guys played incredible sets. The one thing I specifically remember is the one time on the deck or the first time you guys played on the deck, I believe you're guitar tech played guitar for you and you you specifically gave him a hard time it was like telling everybody you know have everybody tell me sucks and it's just it was it was it was a lot of fun but at the but, same time like i actually came up but, afterwards and like gave reassured him i was like that was a great set despite what he said man <laughs> no i was totally messing with him dude i was kidding he, he's amazing 100 that so that was his first show our guitar player eric he couldn't make it out because he recently got engaged and he's just taking some time at home away from touring for a moment and uh, he's still in the band but as far as um just some shows coming up and some stuff he's asked his guitar tech and his best friend so it was easy for us because again we you know we tour with this guy we know him and it just felt kind of like having eric on stage in the sense of you know that's eric's best friend that's his guitar tech it's not like this weird you know let's find somebody to come fill in real quick it was you know yeah sticky his sticky and legitimately that was his first show ever that he's ever played in his whole life so i thought he did great yeah he did so cool yeah you guys were fantastic on the deck that was one of the uh first bands i remember seeing that day uh, and just made quite an impression to where we made sure that we went and tried to see you in the aft lounge as well i'll be honest real quick i just wanted to give this disclaimer we weren't we were moving slow on that ship because you know, as you know, the, all that food was around. <laughs> I kid you not, I think I've lost about eight pounds or t- eight to 10 pounds <laughs> since being home from Ship Rocks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not only were we full of food, but it was so hot on the deck that day. Like I couldn't move. Like we had to play an hour and I was like, I can't, I can't oh. do it or I'll die. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was, I was a little, I'll be honest, just from an artistic standpoint, I was ashamed that we didn't do like the thing where we go nuts or whatever. But at the same time, I was like, if I do, these people are going to like have to like 
revive yeah resuscitate <laughs> I, like, with all that shrimp cocktail every single night <laughs> i mean it's, it's priorities that's a good priority <laughs> yeah we had, been, we had been rehearsing with sticky because we were nervous because we're like man this kid's never played a show before like what's it gonna be like so we rehearsed with him for a few days prior to ship rocked and my voice was shot so i was just like very grateful that my voice made it through the set but even more so that i didn't pass <laughs> out from the heat that sun hits different out in the middle of the ocean yeah well and that's what i wanted to ask too because it, it hits differently too i think when you're in the middle of the deck because it's like in the middle of that whole area like so i mean are there any other kind of challenges in playing that deck like sound challenges or um, you know, like you said just being hot too um i think just for us i mean the nerves again like the challenge of going on stage with somebody who's never played a show that was really scary we had all the faith in the world he could pull it off but at the same time it's like we've been on stage dude i have no clue how many times i've been on stage at this point since i was 16 i'm 37 yeah and he's never played a show like i was terrified because i remember my first shows were awful yeah so i was scared and he killed it he pulled it off and yeah we got off stage that day with a lot more confidence for the aft lounge show because we were like, okay, so he can play guitar. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about I'm thinking about that for him. Like it's one thing if you, you know, get called up, you know, on on a tour date, like a single tour date or something like that. In this situation, like if he completely blew it, he gets to hang around with the crowd that he blew it in front of for the rest <laughs> of the week. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, the to think oh man i've got to play another show with these guys <laughs> that too yeah. yeah 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 and everybody all week long from what dan's reported to us you know after each set you know people are there's chatter about you know man that was really awesome you need to go see those guys next time or whatever so <laughs> you guys yeah. took a calculated risk and i'm really glad it paid off for you <laughs> oh dude i wasn't missed the dr man <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so, suck or not i'm going on that boat <laughs> <laughs> so i will be a legitimate stowaway if i have to yeah, <laughs> it, it seemed like you guys weren't the only artists on the ship, though, that had somebody kind of filling in for a normal artist. In fact, I remember like speaking with the artist that grandson brought. They had just learned his set like the week prior to coming onto the boat. They didn't even know who he was, honestly. Wow. So I'm, I'm really glad that it worked out for everybody involved because like there was just it was it was an incredible week with a lot of great music. Uh, and the one thing I did want to ask you, too, that that I took away from your set was um the roly-poly pit like where did this originate and do you do this at like every venue no matter what the cleanliness of the floor is <laughs> I, okay so this originated we were on tour with attila and i don't know why i did this but at this specific moment during our set like i had never seen this i never thought about it i thought it'd be funny if this whole room laid down on the ground and rolled around <laughs> so i got down on the ground in the middle of the crowd and told the whole crowd to lay down with me and the whole room laid down and i said everybody roll around and we all rolled around and it was so fun and it was just hilarious like i mean it was it was just funny like yeah the floor was gross i mean we've we've done <laughs> i'll be honest i've i've been i've gotten up before and i'm like i have no clue what wet spot that was on my back <laughs> uh, yeah so it, after that started doing it at shows um every once in a while it, it's not the kind of thing where it's like go to an island show they're gonna do the roly-poly pit it just happened at some shows and 
it went viral online for a little while and on Shiprock, I thought it was funny that since nobody can like really move around or do anything, you know, cause of the rules, I was like, well, it'd be funny to get everybody to lay on the boat. So, <laughs> it, it was, it was I will great. say like the ship rockers roly poly pit was like the least harm, like harmful roly because usually they're, they're really dangerous and everybody was too scared to drop their drink or something. I think so. <laughs> uh, there you go. Spinning. That shit was expensive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know that when we were on tour with Norma Jean, we were doing really poly pits at some of the venues. And I kid you not, like I was like holding my face because I'm like, I'm going to get my face broken because <laughs> everybody on top of each other piled up just rolling around. <laughs> That's great. So I, and I didn't get in the crowd on, on a ship rock because it was so hot. I was like, man, I wonder if that ground's going to be hot that I have to lay on out there. Anyways, everybody else lay down. Yeah, you guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. He's like, I'm hot enough. I can't afford this energy right now. <laughs> yeah. And one of the last questions I want to ask is, so was there an artist that you weren't familiar with? Because that's, I think that's kind of the whole point of ship rock is just familiarize yourself or at least get a chance to familiarize yourself with an artist that you may have never even heard before. Um, so was there an artist for you that you didn't know that, that just blew your mind this time? Oh man, let me think. He threw me on the spot here. Um, I didn't. I had never really. I still haven't heard a ton of their music, but I got to kick it with the guys in Afterlife and um, talked to some of those dudes for a second. I know they're kind of like a newer, up and coming band, so it was cool to connect with their singer. And we talked about possibly doing some some touring together. So um, that was cool. Tyler is literally one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met too. He's, he's yeah. a genuine, super, super nice dude. Yeah. He, so that, he was that's there. awesome. So that was cool to connect with him. And I'm sure that Islander and afterlife are going to do some touring. Awesome. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I think I knew, I knew most of the people on the ship. We've been around for a minute. So most every artist I want to say I'd had some type of familiarity with, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say there was anybody like okay, I'll tell you one that was I didn't know that uh I think his name's Ty. Don't quote me on that, but Trujillo, the the son of the Metallica. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Rob, he he was um playing with suicidal tendencies. I didn't know that he was playing with them now. So that that was the only thing that was kind of surprising to me on the ship because I didn't know that he was playing with them and I love the suicidal tendencies guys. That was really funny to me because he looks like half the age of everybody else in that band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He murdered it though, dude. I, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you caught their second set on the ship, but I thought that suicidal second set on the ship might've been the best performance on the boat. Wow. Was that on the deck or the theater? It was on, on the deck. I didn't see the second one. Yeah. It was the second one. It was crazy. They got the whole crowd on stage and I thought they were going to get in big trouble. No. <laughs> Um, I definitely yeah. didn't see that one. <laughs> yes, very losing their mind trying to get oh, off the stage. Wow. My, my got up there and goes, you don't need my permission. Everybody on the stage. And <laughs> says, Barricade. And I've done that before. And I'm like, I got in trouble. So let's see what happens. <laughs> End of the trouble this time. I was just like standing there in the pit watching in the, in the like photo pit. And um, I told Mike afterwards, I was like, I was waiting for you guys to get in so much trouble and he was like no he's like we got in trouble last time we were on the ship but i remember we were on there last time with him and that's when uh oh my gosh can't remember the guitar player's name he's from dillinger escape plan anyways he climbed up on top of the the bar and like broke the ceiling or whatever oh, my God. oh man 
Yeah. So that's kind of the heart of music I come from. We usually get in trouble at shows, but it's all in good fun. I like doing it. something Important. something right if you get if you're not getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Right. Rock and supposed to supposed to get in trouble, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Another thing that Dan was happy to report was that he got to see you guys and, and Lacey perform It's Not Easy Being Human live. So Yeah. Okay. Speaking of nervousness, I was nervous <laughs> to have her come up there again. <laughs> play a song with a guitar we had never rehearsed that song with her and also had a guitar player that had never played a show so i was like <laughs> man we're all up here just risking it for this guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great she sounded i mean of course she sounds great all the time typically but um yeah you, you guys killed it and i i couldn't even tell that she hadn't rehearsed it she sounded like she'd just wrote it you know it was part of the the song yesterday i, I appreciate it i know i know that she I mean, she's just incredible. She's so professional. And it was cool because when we got off stage, her husband, Josh, he thanked me. He's like, dude, he, he, didn't th- he just said it was cool. He was like, it was so cool that you led her in on her verses because I was scared that she had, since we hadn't performed it together, I'm like, I mean, yeah, we we, we do the song together, but is she going to remember every word? Because we've never yeah. done that. And I didn't want her to feel weird or embarrassed to not know the words or something. So yeah. I let off like every other word she was supposed to say so that you know it would refresh her memory right on the spot and it worked so that's really cool did she only perform with you guys on the deck i don't remember seeing yeah. the app lounge but and I don't... i'll tell you why it was because she had to perform at the same time as us on the second show uh, we were, right we were like, who did this to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> In the second yeah that was the thing like when you guys were playing that second set like there were so many good shows going on at the same time like we couldn't even we decided not to stay for the full set because there was i just we like end up basically hitting up all the other uh bands that were playing at the same time as yeah. well that was the one gripe about shiprock is that there's so many good bands that i can't see them all yeah that, that's the frustration i think with any type of festival yeah. or anything like that it's always like oh well like somebody's gonna have to be sacrificed here and i don't know <laughs> yeah 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 so, it's an abundance of choice there i thought it would be fun i didn't one of our sets and just went to somebody else's it was like you expected me to be there <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so that brings up one question kind of going back to the it's not easy being human is that something i mean even if you didn't have a chance to necessarily get together and rehearse it in advance, I presume that's something you guys had talked about before the cruise of, Hey, you, do you want to come do this live with us on the, on the set? Yeah. Well, I had, so that song, we actually weren't going to play it. Okay. We had talked to her before the cruise and she had messaged me and said that she was going to be so busy because she didn't know what the scheduling was going to look like or anything yet. And she has her three kids on the ship with her. And she said, that it probably wasn't going to work out. She said, if it, she said she hoped it changed though. She's like, I hope that we can figure it out. So when we got on the ship, she, she said, do you guys know how to play it? And I said, yeah, totally. Um, we rehearsed it like two times. She said, well, are you guys going to play it on the ship? And I said, no, we're, we're not playing. We're not playing it. So we had already taken that out of our set. And I said, listen, if you show up to the side of the stage, we'll we'll remove another song from the set and throw we'll it in. Do it. <laughs> so I looked over and she was at the side of the stage. And so I announced that was the next song and she came up. Nice. So I, I love <laughs> it was talked about, but it wasn't like 
talked about. So yeah, it was like pseudo impromptu. Like, yeah, Yeah. it it was not known until that moment. Yeah. I love hearing about the logistics about that kind of thing, especially on a thing like this, where there's so many collaborations. I just, yeah, I want to know like what was impromptu, what was really, what was talked about in advance kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) We switched that song out with another one in the aft just to switch it up. And since she wasn't there, I was like, I don't want to be on the same boat with Lacey and play the song. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, we definitely wanted to discuss the newest album. It's not easy being human. Um, we do a top 20 countdown every year. And uh, that was number seven on our, our collective list. So <laughs> it's pretty hard to get a unanimous agreement, but, but that one was pretty, was pretty close. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much man i i feel i feel bad for that album because i feel like it didn't have a chance um when it came out because yeah the, so i haven't really talked about this i don't think i've talked about this on and an, maybe i did i don't remember if i talked about it in an interview or not. yeah so we were dropped from our label before the album came out but nobody told us yeah so the album came out and it just kind of like i was wondering i was like why are why are we not getting like press or anything? And so I hit up the label and they were like, Oh, did, did nobody tell you we dropped you guys before the album ever came out? And so I said, no, no, I told me. <laughs> so then I the person that was supposedly supposed to have told me who had, had gotten fired or quit or something. And she said, that's a lie. She said, no one ever told me to tell you guys that. So who yeah, knows? wild. Yeah. The music business, guys. The music business. Well, it's it's well, weird because we have friends that are also a part of that label and they were kind of jerked around a little bit as well. So uh yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing that from a lot of bands that are on that label. Yeah. It's, it's yeah seems like there's some chaos going on. There. They've got a bunch of stuff to say about them. <laughs> oh, really? Oh yeah. Well, I wouldn't say too much if I were them. It seems like yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I'm just they're they're always very strong in their beliefs, so we'll just say that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Time ago, um, we were on Victory Records. I went to the label one time with a frustration, and I didn't realize at the time that radio and stuff like that was just like paid for. Mm. So they they cut they cut all the uh, payments off of our radio play. So we went from like number twenty three in the country to like the next week just not on the charts uh, and i remember wow. the owner told me he was like you know i'm the one buying tvs and and uh microwaves and cameras and stuff for the all these radio people so that they'll play the band this is what we do for everybody and i'm like oh so it is it is what they true what they say the music business <laughs> is slimy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but the, that's such i i mean i don't I don't want to, you know, speak ill of of people per se, and and I have no idea what the rationale was, the idea of dropping you guys, especially right, you know, as this album comes out. But it just seems mind boggling when you look over the album. For one, the amount of of effort put into it, and the you know, which we can definitely dig into more in a second here, the number of features and guests that you had join you on that album, and then just how freaking good it turned out, like. That boggles my mind that someone wouldn't want to do everything they could to capitalize on that. Um, which I say that as a compliment to you guys and confusion to whoever made the cut the call to to cut right. ties. <laughs> thing is like working with a label, a lot of times there's a lot there's people at a label that really care about you and really want to work hard and do stuff. And that was the case at 
all the labels we were on. Mm-hmm. It, it was always, you know, there was somebody that really did care, but then that one person caring can't make every single other person that makes decisions care. And yeah. that's what's kind of hard. So in no way am I trying to talk junk about, you know, yeah. a label or whatever, because it's not yeah. like that. At the end of the day, we weren't the priority. And I don't think that they really understood our band or, or anything. I mean, even down to what songs were on the record, a lot of people don't know this. We paid for our own album. Hmm. That's or people don't know that we paid for the recordings. Um, that stuff labels are supposed to do. And there was a lot of frustration with a lot of that. And um, so it is, it is kind of hard watching, you know, something we paid for. And also they made us wait for years and years. It was six years in between our, our album coming out and our, second album so that was way too long so and that was not because of any choice on you guys's part no wow that that is a heck of a long wait yeah yeah so what happened with us though is we got off victory and we wrote and recorded an album by ourselves and when we were done with that record we were about to put it out and a label called outer loop heard it and they said that they wanted to put it out so they had a it was fairly a fairly good deal in the sense that it was kind of just distribution in like a weird way. It was still like a record label deal to where they could talk about stuff and help make decisions. But um, they put out two singles. They didn't really promote them that well. But then um, Eleven Seven, which is Better Noise Now, they heard the mm-hmm. album and they purchased it off of Outer Loop because they were like, we want to put this album out. We like it. We're like, oh, okay, well, whatever, that's cool, put it out. And they're like, well, no, we think that you guys need more singles on the record, like hit songs. And like, what does that mean? Like, what formula do you want us to follow? So, yeah, they sent us California. We worked with, I kid you not, we worked with 12 different producers, and we would have like four hours with each of them. And there were some of them that we would go and sit down with, and they would like, and this is not all of them. I don't want anybody to think like, oh man, all these producers were off. No, they were all great. It's just, they didn't have time either really um, to come up with these things. I remember one time we sat down and somebody just hit like play on a song. They were going through like a library of songs we could choose from mm-hmm. and always written our own songs. So that was really weird for us to try to collaborate with somebody who was holding the guitar for us. Yeah. And we fell into what I think a lot of bands fall into. And that's, you know, oh, it's fun hanging out at ESPN. It's fun having your songs in movies or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, you start feeling kind of weird. Like, man, am I, am I sacrificing the art, you know, for whatever it is that we're trying to be successful for or whatever? And what everything Islander did was we all we were always honest with it. And we yeah. always did our best to keep the integrity of it. But yeah, we fell into that whole game too, where we were playing the game of like, okay, well, this person, they said that the chorus should sound like this. So let's make it sound like this. And the label believes them. But then the pandemic hit and none of the songs were finished. And Mm. the label was like, well, we've run out of money for the budget because of the pandemic. So we're just going to put the album out as is. Well, it had already been like four years for us at that point, we were kind of like over the songs already because yeah. we were coming new stuff. And so we said, well, listen, 
we want to put some more songs in the record. And they were like, there's no budget. And we were like, we'll go do it with our friends like we used to in, in the basement. And we'll do it ourselves. We'll pay our friends. So we paid our friends. We tracked everything in, in a basement and in our trailer on tour. And we hit up our friends like in other bands and said, would you guest on this song? And we got like 10 different friends to jump on the record and kind of try to do it like a hip hop record or yep. where we included everybody. And whether it was somebody that we wanted people to know about from the past that never got the love that they should have, whether it was a big artist like, you know, Under Oath and Corn, or, or whether it was somebody newer like Hire the Hero and our dudes from Fire from the Gods. Yeah, those are those are two of our favorites. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, we, we threw all of our friends on the record and we were just like, cool, like this, this will be fun. And then nobody ever got to really hear that record because, again, there was nobody pushing it. Yeah, though, there was one other story that I heard you talk about that Jacoby Shaddix was supposed to also be a guest feature on the album as well. Is that true? Yes, um, he wrote and sent me his part. Um, I have the voicemail still of him doing it over the song and it was awesome. And then uh, their management jumped in and said, this band's not big enough for you to do this with mm-hmm. and you're not going to do it. And so they put their foot down and next thing you know, I had to go in the studio and write a second verse. Whereas the song was supposed to be this double, you know, me and Jacoby going back and forth on this song and, um, it ended up just being us, which is fine. I mean, the song's fine, but when you write it a certain way with somebody, yeah, you know, it's a, you, you can't ever not hear it that way. So anytime I hear Looking for Love, that song, I just think, oh, well, I know what it was supposed to have been. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's that's definitely disappointing because, you know, I, from everything I've heard, I've never met him personally, but from everything I've heard, Jacoby sounds like one of the best guys in, in all of the music industry. So I'm I'm just surprised that, you know, he would let, I guess, his management have final say over that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I was I've never understood, but I know that, again, it's, it's a game. You know, you don't know yeah. who's to walk on or whatever. I don't know his situation with that, but I do know that the part was sick. Like everything he wrote for the song. <laughs> awesome. So. It as I was looking through the track listing, I was trying to hear, I was trying to guess. I was like, I wonder which song that was supposed to be. And that actually is the one that, that zeroed in. I was like that. And I'm, you know, imagining that idea in my head. I'm like, he fits totally on, on how that song turned out. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to be on second verse and part of the chorus. So yeah. Which is definitely not to take anything away from the guests you have, because this is like this is really a murderer's row. And I find it really fascinating to look through. You have, you know, you mentioned Hyro, uh, you know, Lacey, Under Oath. You've got like some of your contemporaries in here. You've got, you know, uh, Eric from uh, I Prevail. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and AJ from Fire from the Gods, like guys who are kind of like I would call you guys peers. Like you're 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 in that similar genre. You're in that similar like um, probably like age as far as the band goes. Guys that are like, you know, rising up in the industry. And then in the middle of it, you have like I guess what we probably call some of like your heroes or influences. You got Sonny from POD, you've got HR from Bad Brains. But that's like an inception thing for me because HR's been on POD songs as well. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got skin crawl in the which is you mentioned some people who like uh maybe didn't ever get quite as big a break, and it's got arguably the the quote biggest name with with head being in there but it's also got dan from zeo and and 
Bruce from Living Sacrifice, who are those guys are brutal. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> two of the great fans of all time. Um, yeah, and, and Head, a lot of people think that Head is like doing vocals on the song. Like, oh, yeah, I love Head's part. And I'm like, Head's doing what Head does, and <laughs> he's playing guitar on that song. <laughs> yeah. So everybody else is doing the vocals. Head doesn't do any vocals. He, we were like wanting to get people to do the thing that they're known for, like the thing mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, I want you to do your thing. And so Head came in and he did the whole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you got Dan shrieking and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the one song live. I was curious how that would translate because because of all the guest vocals and, and the uh, guitar line. And, you know, you had mentioned your guitar tech being his, his first show. So I wasn't actually sure you guys were going to play that. I was surprised to see it, but you still killed it. My favorite though, was your introduction. Cause you're like, yeah, this uh, next song is called skin crawl. And there's a couple of guests, but they're not here. So we're just going to play it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't want to say the guest and everybody's like waiting for them to walk on stage. It's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> Don't get too excited. Yeah, right. <laughs> too excited. <laughs> Were you concerned when making all these collaborations how they would translate live? No. Maybe I should have been. I, I will say that, you know, we on tour we've played It's Not Easy Being Human without Lacey. And that's that's the one that I would say is the most odd like we don't like playing that one without her because number one it is a female vocal um and i i'm not going to go into the second verse and start sounding like a girl yeah yeah. but makes sense i mean it's still it works but it's like it's always kind of in our heads like we know it you know the other songs i'm screaming or rapping or scream whatever it is i'm doing singing and i can get away with all of that but you know doing the girl vocal is is a little bit much fair enough i love that you described the layout of the album as kind of like a hip-hop album so like when we're creating like that top 20 list for example like one of my hang-ups with albums is if i'm going to call you one of the best albums of the year like you need to have my attention start to finish and there are a lot of albums that just don't do that and i'm and frankly a lot of the ones that that work for me i got a short attention span at this point they're like 40 minutes long um this one right. like you know 10 tracks or something maybe this album 17 tracks and not there none of them are interludes or skits or the kind of those kind of things you might find in hip-hop these are all full 17 songs upwards of an hour in length and yet i mean it's a credit to you guys for your versatility of sound and also i think these guests definitely help with that it flows start to finish and i at no point tune out when i'm listening to this album and so i think that's just to for a rock band to be able to do 17 tracks and keep somebody's attention the whole time. I think that's pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. It definitely Dude, plays. Problem. Yeah. Thank you guys, man. And the reason it's 17 tracks, we never wanted to make an album of 17 tracks, but we were like, it's been six years since we've put out music. We're <laughs> 17 tracks on this thing. <laughs> Makes so. sense. Yeah. Close to the old school double disc. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> It's funny because the label they're they're supposed to I don't know if they're going to but they're supposed to still put out a physical copy of the record. Yeah. And I, um they're having to do a, a double vinyl because of it. So <laughs> that's why they're not uh in a rush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are expensive. We got <laughs> two well, vinyl. No wonder they got dropped. We, <laughs> we put 17 <laughs> a record they're like that's gonna cost like a million dollars a vinyl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to, to kind of talk about that. Some of the, the guests that you have on there, you've worked with on your charity, the, the whosoever's. So we kind of wanted you to explain that a little bit for the, our listeners. Let's, so the whosoever's, it's not like mine or whatever. It's just, well, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's a nonprofit. Um, started by Sonny of POD, um, Ryan Reese. Uh, he used to work at Circa Shoes uh, or Circa Clothing or whatever, but he's um, he's kind of going in schools and prisons and all kinds of places and just sharing love and hope with people. And yeah, people know the word whosoever is from the Bible and that it's Christian. But in no way, shape, or form are they going out and trying to force people just, you know, be a Christian. It's really about going out there and, and loving people first and foremost. Because I mean, even even talking about Jesus, I feel like that's what Jesus did. He went out and loved people first and foremost. All of his friends were the people that, you know, the religious didn't want to touch. They didn't want to get near. Mm-hmm. And he's he's out there hanging out with them, fishing and and. uh you know, just kicking it with with all the the low the low men on the totem pole, so to speak, all the normal folks. That's what the whosoever's is, man. It's just um, you know, saying I'm a nobody. I'm somebody that is, you know, just like you, just trying to make it in this world. And if we can meet at that point and and share hope with one another, and you know, talk about suicide prevention and um, ending sex trafficking and things like that, that's that's what the whosoever's is about. Yeah, I support those. I support those guys. It's weird. It's like it's not like a club you join or something. It's just, you know, we're just the homies that want to love people and in the industry or whatever. And, um, just coming together to spread some love. And, you know, every once in a while, Ryan will send me like a shirt design and be like, Hey, is this cool? You think this is dope? Like we'll put this on the store or whatever and raise money to keep going to these schools or whatever. And I'll tell him if I like the shirt or not. And (laughs) I mean, sometimes I might not like it. It'll still come out. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's cool i i know a lot of a lot of the guest features are also a part of the group there so yeah i know lacy has been associated with that as well yeah lacy head sunny but then you know we have people on the record that don't believe in that stuff at all And, and again they just they care about people too and and um we still meet at that point of love in no way shape or form is Islander, a Christian band. We've always told people, you know, when you go out to eat Italian food, are you looking for Christian spaghetti or you just want <laughs> You know, I just, I'd rather eat good spaghetti. So yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Trying to make some good spaghetti. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So POD is one of the couple of bands that got me into like heavier music at all. I discovered them like probably like a, I don't know, maybe a year before Fundamental Elements came out, and. uh what you described there of the whosoever's like as an entity we hang and we you know we speak hope to people that like basically sounds to me like sunny every everything i've ever heard about his reputation just like his brand like if that's if that's a appropriate word to use like he just like took who he is and like the essence and found some you know like-minded people and was like we're gonna make a whole thing out of this like a you know a little movement of our own (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you straight up the man that Sonny Sandoval is on stage, interviews, all that stuff, that's who he is off stage. Like, and he'll he'll never tell you that. So I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's touring with those guys is one of the most humbling, one of the most, you know, industry 
wise lessons, whatever you want to say, that any every every band should have to tour with POD and learn how to respect people and be nice. Like Sonny, I remember one time we were on tour with POD and I went into the venue and the dude was setting up his own merch table. Like this dude has been, you know, millions of records, platinum yeah. albums you know, all over The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and Carson Daly, been all over MTV, you know, every magazine cover you can think of, movie, you know, soundtrack songs to The Matrix, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Mysterio from wrestling, going back to wrestling, his theme song. Yeah, true. You know, yep. He's done all this stuff, and he's in there setting up the merch table, doing all the servant stuff. And, okay, so just recently, sadly, Sonny's grandma passed away, and he had to go and uh, fly out from tour to to be at the funeral with family. And he asked me to fill in on vocals at the Dallas, Texas show, which wow. was super, super honored to do so. But uh, like I told him, I didn't I didn't want to like I didn't want this to be the case. I don't want to see P.O.D. without Sonny either, even if I'm getting to, you know, stand in in one of one of my musical heroes shoes for a night. Like, I don't want to I don't want to do that. Like, I. I want him to be <laughs> holding his microphone in his spot. But again, I was just going to say before that show, I went on tour with him for like a week and just seeing Sonny, like everybody would leave the green room at the end of the night, you know, drinks would be sitting around or food or whatever. Sonny would literally clean the green room before <laughs> they left the show. <laughs> and I'm over guy. here like, you know that not asking somebody else to do it not anything like the lead singer of this big band is going around the green room cleaning it up just so that the person that works the venue doesn't have as hard of a job yeah. and i'm not saying he has the time to do that every single night but yeah you know just just witnessing that is that servant to like just being a servant and it's like i feel like we all could learn something from sunny and I don't know, man. I just, I know that he's not going to go toot his own horn. So somebody's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a good uh, dude. No, we, we appreciate that insight there. It's awesome. Yeah. We've been fans for years. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah I, if anybody I, has anything bad to say about POD, I'm, I don't know what you did to him, but man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I first discovered Islander, that was the first observation I made. I was like, you guys, I was like, these guys have definitely, I would call you a spiritual like kin to that band. I'm like, this is like, if POD came out in the 2010s, they would probably be Islander, basically, which is, is another. That's definitely, yeah, I say that definitely absolutely as a compliment. I, I've, we're not, you know, we can't get enough of that, that sound and that vibe, just the, the, like, just what you're talking about there, that, that humility and that, um, dedication to treating people with dignity and kindness yeah. and so yeah. any any band any band that believes they're rock stars just go ahead and stop liking them i don't even care if they're music <laughs> if a band believes they're rock stars and they bought into the whole game just it's whack at that point i don't want to be around <laughs> like that. can we can, i want to hear a little bit more about this show you're talking about because i the idea of filling in for a front man sounds just if, for anybody to fill in for any other front man even a fitting that makes as much sense as you for sunny does to me just sounds so weird to me <laughs> oh it's terrifying bro i was scared dude i know every single one of their lyrics you know because i grew up listening to those guys but when you put me on stage holding his microphone he's not up there i'm like do i know the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> or like and not only that but 
a front man of a band, a good front man, he stands in the spot of, you know, he's the voice of his band. He's the face of the band. That's what a front man is. They, you want a strong front man to be able to, mm. you know, put the crowd in the palm of the hand and, and share whatever this band is being that, that night for POD, you know, I, I did my absolute best and the fans, everybody was happy. They were, they had grace with me that night. Of course, it should be sunny up there. No matter how good of a job anybody's going to do, it's like, well, I just want to see the band. Yeah. I want to see the band. So that they, the crowd had grace with me. I did all right, though. I ain't going to lie. I did all right. <laughs> <laughs> if that ever happens again, I, gotta, awesome I, to I, I want to, yeah, I want to see that like that. Hopefully yeah, it'll never happen it's, again. There'll be reason for it, but yeah. I hope it doesn't happen again. It's on YouTube. You can see some of the stuff, but it's definitely, um, I never filled in for any band before and Sonny yeah. had never had a fill in before. So we were both nervous. I was like, dude, I, I don't want to do this either. <laughs> it was, it, it's a cool way of uh, example of, you know, for lack of a better term, like the show must go on. Like, you know, they could have canceled the date like abruptly or whatever and that yeah. wouldn't have made anybody happy so yeah. <laughs> yeah no yeah i think i think that um the crowd still got a great show and yeah he understood marcos came out on stage before the show started and let everybody know what was up and you know that sunny would be at the next show but yeah so sorry it fell in the show that you guys are at but thankfully i'll tell you what made me feel good i was standing behind the curtain i was backstage and I was so nervous that he was going to say, Mikey from Islanders filling in and there's going to be crickets. And <laughs> then he, he said, Mikey from Islanders filling it, filling in and the whole room erupted. And I was like, okay, okay. There you go. <laughs> nice. like, that puts a little more pressure, but also takes a little off at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's definitely better than crickets. I would. Yeah. That, that had <laughs> oh yeah. It made me feel good. He goes, but our friend Mikey from Islanders filling in the whole crowd. I was like, Oh my gosh! Thank you, Lord. We've heard of our band before. Well, on one hand, you're also if if you're a crowd member, especially if it were for me, I would be pretty excited just because this is an incredibly unique, probably one time only ever experience that I get to witness. There is that. You know, you might not be you know seeing what you originally paid for, but you're going to see something that's special in some way or another. Yeah. So, I mean, it it was definitely special, even though the circumstances and everything were were not good it was it was a special moment and i'll forever be humbled and honored that you know my favorite lyricist asked me to fill in for them yeah, yeah that's so incredible so what's next on the horizon for you guys as a band well right now we are in the studio recording our new record we are going to be crowdfunding it we haven't announced that yet uh i hope it works because we're already tracking <laughs> <laughs> So we got to pay for it somehow. But <laughs> no, we, we were talking recently and we were like, you know what? We could go sign another record deal. We could do all that. And, and I'm not saying that we never, ever, ever will again. It would have to be the right deal. But at this moment in our career, we're just like, you know, like most of the good things that have happened to this band have never been because of a record label. Mm. It's, it's always been because of touring our fans. And, and honestly, you know, that's old. Thing. it's not what you know it's who you know a lot of that's true and i feel like our relationships that we've built with people that are real over these years you know we're gonna see if that's enough to sustain it and um we would rather our fans be the record label per se than work with labels that want to change us we won't like to work with the people that love who we are already yeah and the new album's definitely 
it's it's the most inspiring stuff we've done since I would say our first record. Mm. And the reason I say that is because we are doing this the the way we used to. It's literally us in a basement and we're tracking and recording ourselves and we're not having any outside influence from a label telling us what the song is supposed to sound like or give us more of this or give us less of this. There's none of that. So we're doing exactly what we want to. And I think people are going to see that. I think when the first single drops, people are going to be like, okay, so where have these guys been? Yeah. It's, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you guys about that because we have a couple of friends like nonpoint, um, and, you know, I think Jacoby Shaddix just recently did it uh, going to their own record label. And I think like just hearing from Nonpoint and, and their experience, like it, it's it, they said it was surreal. Basically, once they started getting like some royalties from their own songs and just like the difference. And so I hope that it does work out because I think in the long run, you know, that could definitely help make it a lot easier to be successful because then, you know, you guys don't have to pay out record companies. You know, the, the streaming royalties are coming directly to you. So. I I love that idea. And I think that more and more bands are taking that that approach nowadays. Yeah. I think the day of the record label for the most part, unless it's a, um, you know, a mainstream label, I think that that's, I think the label's done in the sense that, you know, we may have grown up with used to be, you know, like, Oh man, my band, we're trying to get signed. It's like Mm -hmm. bands anymore. Bands are like, you're trying to get signed. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest with you, when we got dropped, it was this huge breath of fresh air because it was kind of like, wait a second, you're saying I don't have a chain around my neck. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, we were bummed that, you know, our our last record was uh, forgotten about, so to speak, and, and not pushed the way that we thought it should have been. But at the same time, we found a lot of freedom in the fact that I think our fans are going to be happier when they see that we're happier and they hear what we're creating. Yeah. Awesome. I'm a big believer in everything happening for a reason. So I I truly feel that, that, uh, you know, you guys getting dropped is probably maybe the best thing for you. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we, we look at it sometimes like a bad thing, even the word like getting dropped. It's like, yeah. What if instead we say they open the cage and they (laughs) like that. I'd like to look at it a little more of that. Cause that's how, how it feels. It feels more like, they finally let us out of our kennels. Mm, yeah. So, good one. No more wondering when they're going to come in and hand us food and water. It's like, I'm going to go get it now. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So our last section, rapid fire, uh, name a song or an album that changed your life. Fundamental elements of Southtown, Southtown. Same. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I still ponder that album cover to this day, trying to figure out what in the world is going on on it. <laughs> it's the weirdest album cover <laughs> oh, dude. i think that's the first time an artist has had uh one of the same albums as us yeah i think so yeah <laughs> yep all right what's a uh no skips album for you what's an album you're gonna put in and not skip any tracks when you're listening to it saves the day stay what you are all right, all right. name a band that everyone should see live other than islander <laughs> <laughs> 68 68 yes. all yeah. right it's two interviews that's in a two row, in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. that's amazing yeah jason from nonpoint said that as well uh, and then uh what's an artist that more people should know 
68 and Islander. <laughs> Fair answers. I, I, I will say, I will say Islander. Uh, I mean, 68 too, but Islander, man, I, uh, yeah, I think you guys should know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do right. our our part. I'm, I'm gonna come back to that in a second. I got I had a thought about that a minute ago, but I don't want to deviate too much from these questions. And I we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. One one final final. Well, actually, two two more. These one. Are fun. Yeah, fun. yeah. What's your, uh, since you're a big wrestling fan? What's your what's your favorite uh, wrestling match? Oh man, I don't have a favorite match. I don't think I have. I just like seeing Sting, man. Anything okay. Us. I, I liked when he had a feud with uh, the whole NWO. I liked, yeah. like, oh, yeah, even about it was about the story, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked his matches against Vader, though. Rick Flair. Per- yeah, yeah, yeah. My personal favorite is uh, Shawn Michaels' Undertaker Hell in a Cell because I was there live. Me too. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were kids. Dude. All right. We got a whole other podcast we got to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, have you on, we'll have you on again and talk talk wrestling don't worry i was uh, 14 years old and and the ent- the entrance of kane was the scariest thing i think i yeah. ever experienced in my life <laughs> yep. at that point <laughs> yep. can i sneak All one right. more in before you do the last one yeah just for, particularly for mikey um you know we noted how many collaborations are on this last album i'm not going to ask you to give any details about what's going on next but uh what would be a dream collaboration for you bjork Hey, nice. that's, that's interesting. Awesome. Yeah, we like that one. Be yeah, yours, like it always comes to mind. Now I've, I've done like everything else I can do, and I people always told me, "Oh, that's impossible." I used to kind of think that about her, but like after working with every other one of like my my heroes and like even like Sting and stuff, I'm like, "Nah, Bjork's not off the table." We can do <laughs> <Yeah. that."> <laughs> <laughs> if you can get Sting, you can get anybody at this. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Start hitting up it those DMs. Was, I threw her a heavy song to scream on. She'd be like. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yes. I love when artists want to go fully cross genre, and I don't even know what genre Bjork could be classified as. So that's just you just blew that whole thing right up. <laughs> yeah, no, we we approve we approve that one. <laughs> Look, your picture is even a, a wrestling event, wasn't it? Yeah, I was. I was just getting ready to point that out to Mikey. If you can see that, my <laughs> my screen there is uh, Aaron and I at uh, AW. Uh, what is that? All. Out. That was probably was it all out or all in? I think, I think it was. Well, no, it was all out. It was all out. Yeah, I don't remember. We did both. Yeah, that's all. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I can't see your picture, Casey. There you are. Well, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I see actual you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah sometime, like I said, <laughs> Casey and I joke once in a while that when Dan's on vacation, we'll have a <laughs> we'll have like a wrestler on on the show. Um. <laughs> but maybe we'll just have Mikey back. And talk yeah. almost exclusively <laughs> about that. <laughs> Why don't you like wrestling? I no, it's it's not that he doesn't like. He's it. Never really got into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, start. You got a whole day. Start. <laughs> He's but, got a know, lot to watch. I don't know if we could get him. Get him hooked. Not only that, but now I have two young kids. They're both boys, and so like that one seven, the other one's going to be five here in, in less than a month. And if I start wrestling, like somebody's gonna get killed. Like, yeah, you've got no real life that. wrestling. Yeah, in your he life. is a referee. <laughs> yeah, I already have to wear yeah the black and white stripes just to separate them out. Houses <laughs> <laughs> and and beds that me and my friends move together to make wrestling. Yeah, like, yeah. I promise. Like Same. the worst happen is they'll cry for a little while, and then they'll come back and have another match. <laughs> 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 they're they're the perfect age. 
You just don't want to pull out the money for the action figures. It's a problem. <laughs> or to fix my walls that they've already put holes in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Things aren't cheap anymore, dude. They're like $20 a pop. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We had, no. we had a carpeted basement at my house when I was a kid. And so it was always triple threat matches with my, me and my brother and my <laughs> sister. And it always ended with rug burn and somebody crying <laughs> every, oh, every match. <laughs> yes. There always ended up being somebody who like got you in like a real choke hold. You're yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're really hurting me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, sweaty. <laughs> yep. It was a mess, but yeah. also dude, fun. We, dude, that's bringing back so many memories being all sweaty with my friends. Like, <laughs> Middle school eating pizza after in between matches. <laughs> <laughs> yep, same thing. <laughs> What's a song you're especially proud to have written? <laughs> it's not that there's not one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, and I don't mean to sound cliche. I, I mean, even the songs that you know, I feel like we've we've gotten better than or whatever as far as writing ability. I, I feel like uh, I'm just proud of all of them because they all tell a piece of the story of, you know, what this band is, has been, was, whatever. It's just, it, I just think that, um, I don't know. I think I think all of them have a special place. I couldn't pick one. They're all kind of like, you know, different kids or whatever. Yep, yep that's what we always. Yeah, that's, no, what, yeah. that's what we always compare it to. Compared, is yeah. You choose them between your kids. Yeah. Choose between your children yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, there are songs I like more than the other ones, though. So yeah, that's, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> flipping, uh, flipping off of that, what's a song that you wish you could put your name on? That of, of any song? Oh gosh! Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's a, I've never heard of that question. question. What do you wish uh, you had written? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, happy birthday. <laughs> there you go. I love I it. Wish I wish happy birthday and I wish I got the royalties for it. <laughs> <laughs> we just recently had Aaron Jones on and he said Gundam style. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's another good one. It's like it's, just something huge. Yeah. <laughs> realistically, though, okay, realistic. I mean, yeah, realistically, happy birthday, but realistically, one of my favorite songs of all time is. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Um, okay. Specifically, I like the ones that sound kind of sad because I feel like that melancholy vibe along with Christmas kind of works. Yeah. So there's a song, uh, there's a band called Starflyer 59 that covered that song. And that's my favorite version of that song. So I wish I wrote Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Nice. I like it. Right. I like it. What about a, a dream tour for you? Oh man, there's so many. Um, <laughs> we've done a lot of them. I'll be honest. I mean, yeah. we did Corn's 20th anniversary tour. That's we've cool. toured with POD um, several times. <laughs> we've we toured with Baby Metal, and I think that the tour that would be sick right now for us would just be Deftones. Oh yeah, nice. I think I want some Deftones yeah. or like some of the newer bands, dude. Like. I think that it's, I love all those older bands, but I feel like there's a lot of new stuff that's not being turned into, you know, the superstars of tomorrow, so to yeah. speak. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like something I always, I hope we have time for this, but um, yeah, yeah, you're good. The going back to wrestling, um, 
something I always think about is anytime they need to bring in ratings, they're like, oh, we got to call Hulk Hogan. We got to call Ric Flair. We have to call The Rock and Stone Cold. It's like, well, the reason that happened was because they forgot to build new stars. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I feel like rock and roll has fallen into that a bit. I feel like mm-hmm. if they keep on, and again, I, I understand they're huge, like the Slipknots and all these bands, like and I love all those guys. It's just, there comes a point when it's like, when, when is the future? When are we going to have the next people that you're like, hey, their guitar is in the Hard Rock Cafe and they're a band from 15 years ago opposed to forever ago or whatever like i'm yeah. thinking yeah. about horror or 68 like i was talking about like josh scoggin in the underground scene as far as hardcore music he used to be in a band called the chariot mm-hmm. and before mm-hmm. that he was a gene and i feel like at this point he should be more of a legend in the mainstream than he is but the mainstream doesn't pay attention to that stuff until it's gone so i don't know i think i get nervous sometimes that islander and other bands that i love are going to get the recognition that they deserve maybe after we're either passed away or after we're not a band anymore. Yeah. And I don't happen mm-hmm. to the, to the, the bands that are fresh right now. I want to see the bands that are fresh be respected as the new headliners. Yeah, we agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. We, that's one of our missions is to promote all these bands that, uh, that we that- feel strongly for them, you know, make, make new, uh, new heroes of tomorrow so to speak like the ones that are behind me yeah. <laughs> i never want i never want you know the music industry to regret not having created the future mm. yeah yeah oh, but yeah you guys and and other people are you know the ones keeping this alive so thank you so much for having me on the show yeah i want to throw this out there before before we do the the final question to, to send us home <laughs> mentioning that and then creating these new stars we do you're, we like, do f- you're like what do you think happened in 1997 you're asking what happened how do you feel about bret hart coming in let me <laughs> no I've, I've got tons of questions about that we'll we'll yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. deal with we'll, that we'll, another day we'll book that another time yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but uh we do a thing at the end of every year called the itch awards and we kind of make up these yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever category suit our fancy that year and one i've never thought about but i think i'm gonna retroactively award to islander and it's not easy being human is is the most underappreciated album of the year because oh, that story you just told we've already declared how good of an album it is but we didn't know all that backstory about what you guys went through and, and what had happened and how you know the album kind of quickly got forgotten despite you know everything that had gone into it so yeah even even more than we already had now i mean i can say that i'm even more of a fan now so dude, yeah. this is an honor, dude. thank you very much um <laughs> yeah i don't know what else to say but thank you it's just cool to see people recognize any of that so yeah. thank you yeah all right <laughs> are we are we good can we yes just <laughs> bring it home let the man go on with his evening and, and we'll yeah, be good yeah. so the the final question we have here because it's a it's a good one in honor of I want sushi, what is your go-to sushi roll? Oh man, anything, anything with tuna on top. Um, and just recently, I'll tell you what, you're not gonna you'll believe me, I guess, maybe. I don't know. You're not gonna believe this, the world that's listening. <laughs> but the other day I went to Publix <laughs> and on Wednesdays they have half off sushi, and I picked up well, this wasn't on that day. Sorry. 
Yeah, my wife would probably tell you that. She's over here in the room. She's probably like, wait a second. It's <laughs> getting a stage room. But it had mango over the top. And <laughs> it legit came with this sliced the lemon to squeeze all over the top. I squeezed the lemon all over the top This of this. I know it was just a California roll with mango on the top. I don't know what it is about mango and lemon. If you've never squirted mango on a lemon, <laughs> just go do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it right now <laughs> Publix was one of the best sushi rolls I've ever had and it came from so don't let them tell you you can't record your album in a basement that's all I've got to do. <laughs> <Horrible> story <laughs> I, the new Islander album is the sushi roll at Publix that is just waiting for <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> thank you very much this is a really good time thank you so yeah, much mikey yes, thank you Dude, yeah. thank you and it's, it's a pleasure talking to you guys and again thank you so much for your love for the band and um yeah dude i, I love you guys and i wish the best for your show thank, thank you, you very much, much. we will be Appreciate following along yeah right. we'll be letting people know when the crowdfunding comes out for the next one <laughs> yeah, absolutely thank you very much it'll, it'll be coming out all right all right <laughs> Have a good night, and we will we'll talk again later. All right, you too, guys. Peace. So that was our conversation with Mikey Carvajal of Islander. One of the things I absolutely love about underappreciated bands is that the artists themselves are appreciative of everything. And like, he just kept saying that throughout the entire time. No, thank you for having me. It's like, no, dude, thank you for coming on. Like you have no idea. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm so it's always so weird to me. Like when everybody's like, no, thanks for having me on. Like, you know, you have no idea. Like this means a lot to us. You have no freaking clue and maybe they do and that's why they're saying that but like it's just and then like and the other thing too they that certain people say to us like while we're doing interviews or when we meet them you know he's we we always like to ask when we can because we do the 40 minute zoom we don't like to pay for stuff that's we're, we're doing this out of our own pocket and so when we are interviewing artists we tell them like you do you want to continue and go and you know you just click the link go back into another room for another 40 minutes or however long and like, it's so reassuring when artists are like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to continue. I'm having fun. Like, yeah, let's <laughs> right. do it. All right, cool. And, and that's what Mikey said. And so it was just, it was just really cool. It was just a fun interview. And I think it just flowed extremely well. And and we definitely appreciate having him on. Uh, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, I really, really, really appreciate how open and honest he was and just the insight that he brought to the table. Cause there was, there was a lot of things that we brought up that I didn't want to push too hard but he just let it fly and it was awesome and that was what i really appreciate and it wasn't even what i saw coming it wasn't particularly even like the purpose of having him on but the amount of industry insight that he had and and how fascinating their story is and the things that they've gone through that he managed to tell that story also while you know displaying a lot of integrity he wasn't trying to talk trash either right. he was just saying here's what happened and here's you know what we learned really it might not be the best situation for us 
Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of a, uh, they had to learn through, I don't even know if trial and error is the word. They had to learn just through experience. Right. You know, we did this, it worked out. We did this, it did not work out. And so now we're going to do this. The process. Yeah. But he was just, he was just like a wealth of, I feel like, of wisdom about, about, you know, how the industry works and how it can benefit some and not so much everyone. Yeah. One thing is for sure, if we have him back on, I'm going to have to touch up on my wrestling knowledge. <laughs> I felt like the odd man out. Holy cow. <laughs> well, and what I loved is he's like, why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So why are you not a fan? <laughs> yeah. We'll fill you in on, on the most important stuff if we yeah. ever have him back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I could totally have a whole conversation with, with him. I'm sure. Multiple whole conversations. We, it was yeah, just we, could, we could. I, I could tell that that's, that conversation could have sidebarred about 15 times. <laughs> it it, it could have, but we, we, we tampered it for, okay. for now. <laughs> Casey later brought up possibly the most interesting point was like, now we are a degree of separation from Sting. Yeah. So, <laughs> not the musician, which is ironic since we're a right. music show. Right. <laughs> but the famous wrestler Sting. But if we if we could somehow book Sting and Mikey together, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be the highlight of the whole experience to me. <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah. What a bizarre when worlds collide situation for us. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, it was. Just such an awesome time chatting with Mikey, and I hope hope the listeners enjoyed that. We also had a lot of fun talking about the album, It's Not Easy Being Human, all the guest features and hearing the stories about how they came about, and some of them that did not come about, which I thought was bullshit, but whatever. <laughs> we'll go right on past that. Yeah. So let us know what you thought about the album. How high was it on your list last year? Um, and other, and your other thoughts about it. So thank you very much for listening to this interview. Thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, I'm finally off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Until next time, it's Sting! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs>